I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean hard into the pig squeal thing, like, pick of the week! <laughs> Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. This is before we're recording the Twilight episodes. Uh, Maybe listen to those as like a pre-drink before you listen to these and you'll understand at the level that I'm operating at right now. (laughs) Okay, my pick of the week is Love Theoretically by Ali Hazelwood. Uh, This book just came out, obviously had it on pre-order in Thank You East Coast because it came out like three hours early. So I had a little like moment and then I read it early super cute this is a girl she is a oh no what's the word uh when you're not tenured adjunct faculty professor at a various uh, number of schools in like the boston area i think and she teaches physics she's super into crystallography but she never has time because she's adjunct faculty uh so she doesn't have time to do research and so she applied to this job at MIT which is like the beginning of the book and uh she has this like arch nemesis this guy Jonathan Oh and enemies to lovers how shocking in contemporary romance See so it's enemies to lovers but like nen <gasps> drink nemesis. drink That's that's, <laughs> that's the fair. Time. I deserve yeah. that <laughs> So uh, Rob introduced a new rule, which is uh, drink when you struggle with a word, which is going to be the entire podcast for us. Uh, yeah. Nemesis. There we go. Nemesis to lovers? Potentially. With confidence pronounce even a made up word. I, have, I don't struggle with enunciative issues. So. Performative issues. That's what that sounded like. Anyways, love theoretically. So their arch nemesis, he doesn't know she exists, but he wrote this like super fucked up article and then it got accepted by like a literary magazine. And so it kind of like invalidated her whole field of study. And so she's super like, yeah. So that's the basis of this. And then she applies for a job. And then he's the guy that is like on the board of interviewees, the person that will accept her interview or not, uh, whether she gets the job. Um, And she's applying against one other person. And so she's like kind of like hyped up of like, you can do this. Like, we want you, not this other chick kind of are like duking it out but she's like i aced this interview like i did awesome and then she doesn't get the job but you know she finds out that this guy oh she's also like fake dates as a side hustle it's like an app where people hire you to be their like girlfriend at like thanksgiving and stuff so that their parents like don't ask them about their escort service that's great (laughs) oh Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but that's the basis for the like romance of this. And uh oh, wait, he doesn't know she exists and they're arch rivals in this field of study, but all of a sudden he needs a date for a family affair. No, his brother does. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And he like so that's a fun like side story of this is that he feels really fucked up because him and his brother are close. Uh he feels fucked up for lusting over his brother's girlfriend. And 
he doesn't know that she's a fellow professor? Uh, yeah, because he thinks Ooh. that she's a librarian because she's like, oh, my name is Elsie and I like don't do anything important. I'm just a girlfriend. That's my whole personality. And then he's like, why the fuck are you applying for this like MIT physicist job? Like question mark. You're a librarian. And she's like, <laughs> actually, I have a PhD. And that's like the beginning of their like, what the fuck? And then it turns into love. If that's not a kitty quote, that's the beginning of their <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and obviously, because this is like women in STEM romance, there's not any other books that are similar to this except other Allie Hazelwood books. Um, I recommend all of them. This is probably my favorite, though. The Love Hypothesis was like pretty good. Yeah, but this one is like number one, I think. I think it's unusual because you brought that up when, before we started recording, which is the fact that this is better than her first book. And usually the first book is like the crowning glory of an author's work because mm -hmm. that's where they put all of their effort. That's the idea they've been saving for years. So I'm intrigued. Yeah, this one is definitely number one. And then lo The Love Hypothesis is number two. I also reread that immediately after finishing <laughs> this one. Okay, so... No other book similar, but what's a different, like, what's a similar writing style uh, to this author? Do you know of any? I don't, because Allie Hazelwood, so I love the fact that she came from fanfic first, because fanfic, I feel like, is more approachable and readable than regular fiction. Like, it's not trying, it's just someone, like, writing out a story, so it's almost like you're listening to someone tell a story, and I feel like there's not many other authors that ha have that same, like, easiness. It's a comfort book, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I can... So my, I don't have a lot of exposure to contemporary romance. I, I say that and then I look at all of the books behind you. Yeah, like, hold I, on. I need to revisit that. So the gigantic blue book behind you, that one, that's probably one of my favorite books of all time. Blue-Eyed Devil and it's a man walking into the sunset, no shirt on, back muscles for days. <laughs> what was that about not like reading gonna, contemporary romance? I'm going to go away. So, He's going to guess that cover. Back uh, <laughs> That's fair. But so there's like a distinct style when it comes to like contemporary romance. And I feel like it's been, unfair like unfairly reviewed like chiclet as a thing it very much gets shoved aside and remind me katie to tell you about the conversation we had in the office i think yesterday about what qualifies as a romance novel oh jesus because christ <laughs> certain people had very distinct ideas on like what makes a romance novel uh for the benefit of our readers and also me who was not in the office yesterday because i was uh fucking around somewhere else uh what happened Oh, dear. Okay. So a certain, well, so Rob was there. So Rob can comment on this. A certain individual equated smut, just straight up smut, which I, what? everyone's got a different level, like a different idea of what smut contains. Because for years, romance novels were just considered straight up smut. Like there was no definition. There was no like, what is this actually about? No, it's just, it's just trash fiction for women. Like, so it's immediately written off. Now, does that mean the entire book is filled with sex? Is it no. erotica? No. So that was an awkward pause. <laughs> right after I, I said a very awkward word. So thanks, Katie. Almost a confession in the question. <laughs> okay. Does that okay. mean it's just so, about sex? <laughs> so, so what we had to articulate was the difference in that romance novels, the plot centers around the development of a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Right? The external factors are just to like force the relationship into different circumstances mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that it always has a happy ending. Yeah. But I think this particular person who shall not be named uh, <laughs> thought that smut equaled sex yeah. slash erotica and that that was all the book was. See, that is so fascinating because like romance books, 
are kind of like rom-coms if you take out most of the comedy. Like it's focusing on two people, the circumstances of how they get together. And like sex is like the fun, like, oh, they did it. And then sometimes there's miscommunication at the end and then there's a question mark on the relationship, but then they have to get back together. So it's not even like the smut is the destination or the journey, but it's like a fun side, you know, location. (laughs) So it's supplemental to like the relationship development. So certain like... Rob, don't judge my (laughs) excessive amount of historical romance novels that are sitting on that shelf behind you. To be very frank, the number of sex scenes that occur in like a like what's not classified as smut or erotica is maybe one or two scenes throughout the entire book. Because this. Yeah, this one only has like one significant sex scene, like significant where everything's in, you know, excruciating detail, excruciating in like the good way. Uh, up against a window for, you know, that's a new one. Ooh, uh, exhibitionism. We yeah, like a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, she's also on the, like, asexual arrow spectrum, or she thought, but is probably more, you know, demisexual than anything. But also, smut is not, like, a huge thing of this book. Like, it only happens, like, really significantly once. I have thoughts on this as a, <laughs> as a first-time romance reader. I think the label's... I think there's confusion about the, the use of the word romance because in in everyday terms we use romance to describe roses and a white tablecloth and a fancy dinner and a diamond ring and things like that. I mean, we, we you know it's the De Beers concept of of romance, the the consumerist version of, of romance. The uh, can we get a Wikipedia definition for that? What De Beers? The yeah, Diamond Company. The you know diamonds are. Forever. Oh wait, have you seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? Yes. What? You're welcome. Oh. What? Okay. Uh, if not, just think uh, every kiss begins with K. Continue. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's the kind of, that, that, that sort of, that sort <laughs> she of translated for our younger yes. Beefed up <laughs> whining and dining romance and love at first sight and scenic views and picnics and stuff like that. But uh, I think it probably takes its name because it, it predates a lot of that from the old school concept of romance, which is, uh, you know, think like romantic painters. It's about... It's about a moment, living in the moment, or or sense experience, things like that, versus classic, like, wow, just understanding. Like, oh, this is a person on a beach, and this was te- you know, this painting was technically executed in the following ways. Whereas romance is about, no, 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 when you look at the painting, though, like, oh, I, I get a sense of the, the temperature of the air in this painting. You know, it's, rom- it's romantic not because there are two people in love in it. It's romantic because that classic concept of romance is about living in the moment. Oh, we love that. That was such a fancy way of saying that smut is more than just like sex scenes. It's like the fun, you know, weird. It's artistic. Yeah, because it is the romance, like romance books. The fun thing is like they hate each other or, you know, they don't know each other. And it's like, how? Like, what are these little moments that add up into love? So if you think about it, like when you ask someone, how did you meet your your wife or your husband or your spouse or what we want, what we thrive on is the romance and the 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 newness, the and the weird circumstances. Like, uh, I like the way that he eats pears. Like, it's the weird shit that you're like, I love this stuff. I'm eating it up. Like, I don't care about the smut necessarily, but it's like, what are the weird things that they like did that you love? Okay, so query, how does your partner eat pears? Very seductively. <laughs> <laughs> I'm texting him for a video now. <laughs> I don't think he's eaten a pear in his life, but it's the first thing that came to mind. Uh, no, he's more scarf. of a seductively. He's more of a cheesy meaty kind of guy. Not cheesy, a. <laughs> <laughs> we that do that tracks. at home. 
Anyway, Love Theoretically, Ali Hazelwood just came out like two days ago. I love it with my entire soul. It will be my comfort book until the end of time. You turn your brain off and you read it and there's fun like sciencey stuff that is 100% over my head. But I feel smart when I'm reading it, even though it's romance. The end. <laughs> I'm going to read Katie's pick of the week. Rob is going to read Katie's pick of the week. <gasps> yeah. Yes, he is. And that is it. So from Katie's shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'. <laughs>